All right, Matt, before we were uh, started recording here, well, we had some extensive, uh, you know, software-defined talk business discussion. I think I think yeah. that went well. Good. You know, I think we every every before every recording session each week we have our uh, weekly QBR. Just figure that no, one out. Oh, good. But uh, you know, we got to 2019 is going to be huge. What's what's your yeah. what's what's your favorite part of a recent QBR, Matt? Uh probably at the bar afterwards. Oh. <laughs> Now, how, how about maybe, maybe how, the big breakfast? I don't know. Not, probably not the stuff in between. <laughs> how about how about yourself, Brandon? Now, I know I know that the the top line answer is tell the salespeople how they can make money. But let's say let's say you're a person in marketing, maybe like myself, you're going to show up at a QBR. What is what is what? How am I going to use my twenty minutes? What am I going to do? I mean, I hate to be uh, so pessimistic by it, but normally it's uh, just trying not to get – just surviving your 20 minutes, like Mm. not getting crucified. It's always how I start. Like can I just not get crucified? And so the way that I approach it is something along the lines of like here's some some stuff that we did um, and it went really well. But then always followed by we've got room for improvement. Right. Room because you never, never want to lead with like everything's great. We kicked ass, especially if you're marketing any type of marketing title in front of sales. Oof. That is just you're yeah. going to get crushed. So you always say something like we did really well. This this tactic went really well. Usually, hopefully it's tied to a win in the guys in the room so he can just give you the head nod like, oh, yeah, that that trade show was really helpful for, you know, such and such deal. And then you go on to and then you go more important. Most importantly, you say, like, and this is what we're going to do for you this year. These are the things and tactics we have planned. And we, this is believe why we're going to work and tell a couple stories and then hopefully take a few, a few questions. If it's been a good year or re- at least an OK year where most people made their number, it's usually going to go fine. It's just the situations where, like, it's been a bad year. Sales guys didn't make their number. They've probably been beat on a lot. At that point, you just, I mean, you have to just armadillo, right? It's like, it's coming. You're going to get a lot of <laughs> negativity. So you just have to like, just, you know, it's, it becomes like therapy. You say, that's, you made a really good point. I can understand why you feel that way. We're going to do better, right? Or something like that. You just keep saying that over yeah. and over. So um, that's mine. But w- what about you, Kote? What is your favorite part? My favorite part of the QBR. I, li- I like listening to other people. <laughs> I you know pretty much any any group situation where I don't have to talk, I love it. Where I can just sort of listen. That's why I made, I think I made a good analyst. You just sit there, listen to things, synthesize, doodle in your notebook. Because you know it's fun to hear uh, what people are complaining about and what's going wrong. It's sort of like uh, you know it 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 removes the veneer of uh, things going great and being awesome and. Not that they they need unmasking and shouldn't be that way, but it's it's uh I don't know problems are more interesting than smooth. But do you have like is the is it because you're kind of in an evangelist role like that? It feels like a a kind of an insulated, more protected role. Is there is there the equivalent of like you get up and people are really coming at you like hey that that thought leadership is crap, it doesn't work, or we need something better? Is there any of that, or is it just more like? Is it more like, hey, we just want to keep you happy and keep coming hey, uh, customers? You know, I've, I've, I think, I think I don't, I haven't experienced that probably because I don't That's expose good. myself to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm <laughs> even I've, better, I've, even smarter. I've got just over four decades on me of being an armadillo. I'm really good at it. You just <laughs> the number one way to uh, to armadillo your way through life: don't show up. If you Whoa. don't show up, you can't be attacked. That's 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 my motto. Uh, mm. You know. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, that, that's why I ask. Is my issue is I feel like I feel like uh, I'm over here in uh, in the Europe, the EMEA, the E, as it were, 
and uh you know i should i should make sure i get my message out like hey i'm here uh come have me talk about stuff and i don't know i'm i'm bad at introducing myself to people and and also i've only been here a while i mean you know a while isn't a small while so who knows well so so you you probably you know you're providing input i i guess i i don't know how your work who knows what i do yeah who knows what you do but you know i i was uh well was am sometimes tied to a, a sales group and so it's like hey you know there's a lot of planning that goes into the QBR about, you know, this mm. is what we're thinking we're going to present. Is there anything we missed? And then, you know, you kind of go back and forth on that. And then, you know, the, the sales guy gets to be the one who, who, you know, takes the brunt of, of it while, you know, us, uh, other folks get to armadillo our way through life, which I need to use more animal metaphors for living. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's also really fascinating because you know you've got you've got what you do and you know you you're tangentially seeing all the other groups around you but then when they get up on stage uh or whatever at the podium and give their pitch about you know this is what we were actually doing or this is what we want you to think we were doing and how that yeah. lines up with you know your mental image of of how other teams are going yeah yeah, so that's my Weasley answer, Brandon. I don't know if I really. I, I don't. You know what? Do you, I don't, have I don't you, think I've been to enough QBRs to really don't know. Don't you? Um, don't you present at the QBR sometimes? Is that no, a, no. I think I've no. done that once, but I've only been to a handful of. Well, QBRs. you need to team. This is my suggestion to you. Like, uh-huh. you need to team up with the field marketing function that's uh-huh. presenting, or any marketing function. Now, this now again could go one of two ways. But if you need to get on their slides where they say like, cause you can become something they can offer, right? Be like, Hey yes. guys, if you have a group of customers or somebody that, uh, a company that really wants to hear kind of a higher level discussion, cause this is the stuff that sales guys usually eat up. They're like, we need someone to come in and talk at the business level. Right. And yeah, then, you know, yeah. they would put your, your face up on a slide. Maybe you'd be in the audience, you would wave. Um, so for you, it's probably a great way to just like, <laughs> I like now, the again, waving that, part. That, <laughs> that that could go a couple ways, right? Sometimes you know, sometimes you want to be known, sometimes you don't. But that is usually because the the marketing person will probably be more than happy to be like, oh, thank God, another mm. thing I can mm. say. Uh, I would have you. So like, if, if I was there, I'd be like, and we have Michael K- Cote just that came from the U.S. and he's the the right. premier thought leader guy in our world. So he was yeah. an analyst and is great. And I'd be like, just like you, you guys should have him come out more and more, so man. Like and then I would like take off my Stetson and be like, gosh, y'all sure are sweet. <laughs> I'm straight in from America. That would be oh, yeah. great. That would be a I'm fantastic way for the Belkins. What's wrong with your meat around here? You need some tips. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. I should set myself up a, a 2019 OKR. Let's see. I, I'm, I'm very quickly forgetting the formation, but I, I should uh, show up at two QBRs and give two talks to stretch goal my pants to armadillos. <laughs> but I think, Matt, you hit on like the, something that's so true about the QBR. I don't know. I mean, this is a life metaphor, but it's like really it, it's sort of uh, – it's all fake because like everybody is really presenting oh, yeah. like really what you what everyone's presenting 
is the things that they think everyone else believes they should be doing, whether they did them or not. Whoa. So like if you're a sales guy, right? Like <laughs> probably like a sales guy actually spends an incredible amount of time just working with purchasing. He's like, I'm just trying to get, you know what I mean? Like emailing contracts and like, you know, cause anyone that's like done a sales thing, it's like, yeah, there's so much minutia. And it's like, but he's never going to say that. He's never going to say that. He's never, he's going to be like, I was cold calling. I was out there getting new leads. I was doing presentations. I'm not going to be like, oh man, I just took me forever to figure out how to get through this contract. <laughs> And the marketing people, same way. It's like, you know what, guys? We actually got lost in a data store for a month. Like, we couldn't figure out anything. Nobody <laughs> knew what was going on. Um, it's unclear if any of the leads actually worked. In fact, we have a whole team trying to see if a lead can actually flow to sales. No one would ever say that. They'll be like, yeah. oh, no, I ran these events and these campaigns, these campaigns, and we had these leads are killing it. And it's uh, and you can go on and on. Same thing with engineering. It's like, oh, yeah, we've just been working on features and new stuff and talking to customers. I mean, well, it's like, well, I don't know. We rewrote this <laughs> broken thing that we didn't even tell you about. And then somebody discovered go. So this service is in that, you know, yeah, it's like, so, yeah. so there's kind of a, always like a fakeness to it. It's like, Oh, okay. This is what we think you should be doing. Uh, and then the people that come across most authentic do it, do it well, whether or not it's true or not, they just, they just come across that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got, you got a, you got a box full of wireframes, like, like tangled up a box full of coat hangers. It's always, always the issue. Yeah, you know, they should do some value stream mapping. That'll work, right? <laughs> just like one. just like just like figure out like what uh, what we're doing around here. That's that seems like the uh what what part of what makes a really great enterprise software salesperson is just like, you know, procurement, just dealing with that. Which yep. which is fine. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. I I flew to Pukskipi and sat with their legal for a day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just sort of Ugh. it's that's you know, I, I was I was I was unintentionally uh, putting down enterprise software sales the other day. I was writing that someone should write a uh, a book or something about like you know how to enterprise software market or something or sales and you know getting normal people to sell expensive software. And what I meant by that right. was like uh, how how to sell something that has a high price tag and not be superhuman, right? Like you can just be normal and figure it out but of course several people latched on to the idea that they focused on the second part that it was artificially and unnecessarily high which you know there's a certain amount of complaining that goes on but then you know there's a bit of the old stockholm thing of like maybe if i didn't have to spend a day in Poughkeepsie with your lawyers the shit wouldn't be so expensive right <laughs> it's just like we're both causing the problem here uh like why why do I need to have a PO and debate this and like just ah buy the software, but you know you can't, you can't do that to get you got you got you got a you got a you know a cold war of escalation with uh, like stakes and procurement people. That's that's the way it's always going to be. Now speaking of, if you wanted an easy way to sign up to use a very valuable service that doesn't involve a lot of procurement debates or uh, was it Poughkeepsie? Is that in New York? Yes, Poughkeepsie. Yes. Is in New York. Yep. Okay. You know, I don't. I don't know these things. Anyways, <laughs> if if you don't want to have to, uh, you know, negotiate with some uh, lawyers in Poughkeepsie to uh, get a handle on how your software is operating, I think I think our sponsor this week has something to help you out with. Absolutely. This week, uh, this episode is sponsored by Datadog, and this week they want you to know about Watchdog. And Watchdog automatically detects performance problems in your application without any manual setup or configuration. Because Kote, you don't want any manual configuration. And by continuously examining application performance data, 
it identifies anomalies like a sudden spike in hit rate that could otherwise have remained invisible. Once an anomaly is detected, Watchdog provides you with all the relevant information you need to get to the root cause faster, such as stack traces, error messages, and related issues from the same time frame. So of course, if you have problems with your software, everyone needs to monitor your software, you should be using Datadog, and you can sign up for a free trial today by going to www.datadog.com slash software-defined-talk. Again, that's datadog.com slash software-defined-talk. And of course, tell them your friends at Software Defined Talk sent you. And if you sign up and you do a trial, they will send you a lovely purple shirt that is very, very soft that all of us enjoy wearing. And of course, we thank Datadog for sponsoring as they've been a long time and a great sponsor for us. Thanks. You know, the the other day, Cormac, my son, uh, he uh, he uh, procured, as it were, one of my favorite T-shirts. It's uh, it's a T-shirt that says Super Train on on the uh in the front from from another podcast thing and uh his his uh his commentary was was that it was a very soft comfortable shirt and he's also a little sentimental and uh this is one of my favorite shirts so in the morning he asked if he could have it and i said "Mm, no and then uh and then you know i got more blood flowing through my brain and some coffee and i realized midday that like i was an asshole and uh, so I was like, "Yeah, you you can you can have that shirt." And and, and it, he was cute. He was like, "Really?" And uh, I don't know where the shirt is now. Uh, but but uh, I was just you know, I was just thinking. I bet he would like a, a data dog shirt too. Also very soft. And he has told me that purple is his there favorite color. Which uh, I'm gonna I'll have to dig the one I have out of the drawer and uh, maybe retire to him. Now now the great thing about being uh, an adult is uh i just ordered another one of my favorite shirts so and they also have it in kid size so i ordered him one so really really the, my assholeness was compounded by the fact that i had an easy solution uh to to, to to you know deal with work on anyhow love a good soft shirt well here's here we were uh we somehow we got talking about qbrs because that was just an interstitial to get to the the thing that we just had a qbr as it were, before we were recording. And uh, and then I heard you, Matt, say you were going to delete Facebook. Now, you know, you're a little, you're like a year or two behind the trend, which is fine. But uh, I was thinking earlier today, <laughs> you know, like that seems like a delightful thing. You could just do that. Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't have, I don't really use the app on my phone. And for the past year, I no. basically just post pictures to it because that's fun. But, um, oh, that reminds me of something terrible. I, I forgot to have the kids call my mother on her birthday. Anyways, <laughs> uh, that yeah. So so what? So I saw there's a two. I downloaded this PDF. You got a 250 page PDF from some funny little uh, like uh, lawsuit. And by funny, I, I you know I don't know. It's got a strange name. And uh, I don't know. Like like so they're trying to make money off of your data. I think that's what's going on, right? And and I guess maybe worst case scenario, and I haven't read all the stuff, it seems like maybe there's a lot of like, you know, you're sitting on an airplane waiting for it to take off. And all of a sudden you see this video about how Facebook is uh, saving Africa with like drones that have internet flying around. Did y'all see those like a year or two yeah. ago? It's kind of weird. So there's that, you know, uh, so they got that, the like good on one side and then they're just like, you know, selling you uh, bespoke bespoke leather shoes and Instagram on the other side, which 
I don't know. That fine. sounds fine. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I think I think as always, it was it was one of the uh, the the Vox the Weeds people who pointed this out. They're like, yeah, and like if this was Exxon, we wouldn't care, right? Because Exxon on Sunday morning will have these ads about you know whatever virtuous thing Exxon is doing, and then they're Exxon. <laughs> but no one, no one's like, ooh, I'm gonna quit gasoline. Right. It's just like we all understand that's how like this shit works. But right. obviously something is different because people are just like freaking the fuck out about Facebook. And uh, I don't know what 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 am I missing here? Why am I being uh, not only with the shirt, but here some sort of well, actually asshole? Um, I, I think I, I mean, you know, we're, we're living in, in a world that uh, we've seen how this sort of the the insane amounts of data that they've collected and how aggressive they are at exploiting it and pretty much how morals free they are about exploiting it um where you know they've known about security issues they've uh looked the other way on human rights abuses uh all sorts of just you know smaller things than that but there just never seems to be any sort of, you know, I mean, to me, it's like the reason I still have an account is I don't have it on my phone anymore. I I get aggressive emails like, hey, you're not logging in. You're missing all this content. I don't feel like I'm missing that much. But, you know, I do have uh, relatives and, and, and friends who, you know, they still post on there and occasionally I'll pop in and look. But... I also just don't want to feel like I'm part of some uh, <laughs> industrial complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know what but, the options are, right? Yeah, I was going to say, though, but there are, you got to look at it, I think, like different regions, different ways. It's like, I think for the U.S., I mean, you know, there's kind of the like ideas you guys are getting at. It's like, ah, I'm kind of annoyed they're selling all this different data. But like, I think where it's these other much smaller countries where like, you know, political revolutions and uh, the ability. And I guess that's the whole thing about like the, the quote platform and the scale that they're at is that, you know, all the unintended consequences. Like if you're in a small country and it doesn't have strong government institutions and you have people spreading a lot of false information on any side leading to, you know, you know, crime and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I think that's the place where, where it's, it's just, I mean, I think it just comes back to unintended consequences. I don't think anybody like Mark Zuckerberg was thinking all this, thinking about all this when he started it, right? I don't think anyone could. Um, but now right. that they're there, right? And this, I think this is the question, right? It's like, I don't think, you know, it's really nothing wrong for not anticipating something that was hard to see. I don't think you can ever, you know, like really hold, hold people, tell them that, you know, that's but, but, their problem. But now it's the point where it's like, Hey, they do see a lot of this is happening and their motivations. And this is what a lot of people have written about is that like, it does seem like the quote algorithmic feed, right. Is designed to kind of show you con not necessarily the best content, the content that gets you like really fired up and maybe get you enraged uh -huh. that, that then leads to, um, you know, in lots of the parts of the world, you know, incredible political problems so that seems to be why people <laughs> yeah. like the u.s <laughs> uh, yeah i was gonna say well i think it, it's it's different because i think in the u.s it has one set of problems but then is it i can't remember the country the asian country uh, where it's Myanmar. like yeah, yeah Myanmar. thank Myanmar. you where it was like actually incited um a lot of violence where i think they uh, well, think at one which point is they, ongoing right yeah i mean that, I that's that's the thing Facebook about this it, yeah. is 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 they they you know 
they're going on years and years of warnings and, you know, getting drawn up in front of congressional hearings where it's like, hey, you know, we promise to do better uh, next time and trust us. This time it's different. And it's like nothing has changed. Nothing is changing. And, you know, it's like they, you know, they just never are going to change. Yeah, and so yeah. Well, I, I think that's what I've come around to. Is like, well, well oh, may, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the thing that that I'm missing is like uh, uh, I don't know. Peep, peep, they that someone like Facebook trades off being uh, friendly and uh, what's the word to have morals moralistic and just being like an upright citizen, just a cheery right. walking around the block upright citizen, and then that means that to some extent. I don't really know what you call this. I guess in accounting you would call it goodwill, uh, whatever that means. But like you sort of you can as Facebook you can do this kind of like strategy arbitrage where like because people think you're a good person uh, to anthropomorphize a company, which I think is legally how they're handled in the U.S. If I recall my uh, glossing of Supreme Court uh, rulings, so so then if someone thinks you're a good person, like you can sort of like get away with stuff that other people couldn't. So like. I guess if Exxon, I mean, just to use them as the random uh, foil here, uh, if if uh, Exxon was like collecting your personal data and exploiting it somehow, then that wouldn't be cool. Like people, there probably would be some regulation about that. And indeed, in other industries, there are regulations about such things like, uh, you know, your health information and how that's shared and used. But because Facebook seems so good, we don't really care. And so therefore they can, they're like one of the only companies that can, make money off of this thing that we know taking advantage of your, uh, your personal information so they can charge a huge premium for it versus if everyone could do it, it wouldn't be such a premium. So maybe that's the deal is like, you know, if they actually do not fit into the, uh, this society's accepted role of where they are, then they, uh, they can't do this kind of strategy arbitrage. And then, and then they just become like any other thing that, uh, I don't know. That's like what? What is it? The the bread and candy, or the something from Romans? Just like you know, you regulate you regulate TV. Everyone loves TV, right? Like you, yeah, to some extent, you regulate like food by putting nutritional information on there and things like that, and uh, you regulate guns as much as possible, and so forth and so on. Bread, bread and circuses. Yeah. So, so like. It's almost like we regulate all these other things that are sort of like banal platforms that uh, people make problems out of uh, because, like, they can't help themselves. And so far, we don't really, like, regulate this Facebook thing. But it turns out they can't help themselves either. Yeah. And, well, uh, and, and so, how so it all fits into that model. We just, like, thought that, that as, as I think you were saying, Matt, uh, it's going to be different this time. And you're like, nope. Not at all. <laughs> you know, and, and they've scooped up, you know, credit reporting agencies. And, mm. you know, it's just like, holy cow, you know, there's so much in there that, you know, and, and, and you know, ad tracking across not Facebook, right? So it's like they really want to know everything about you. And I don't think I need that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Google already has it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, and that that is an interesting contrast. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Google gets a uh, a bunch of shit shoveled their way, but somehow in the past few years, they've managed to kind of like avoid getting too stained by all of this. And I don't really know what uh, why that is, but uh, they they uh, they kind of, they somehow get away kind of a little unscathed about that. 
I, I think it's because they they don't open it up and sell it for weaponization. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, you don't get as much detail, huh? Or, I don't know. Right. I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, that that is weird. They just yeah. people people. Uh, you know, the problem. My only problem is I like I like Instagram. But like, uh, you know, I think I've said before, they've turned into like Sky Mall. Like, just the ads that I get are just ridiculous, and and they just it's just for like you know lasers for growing your hair, and then like you know boner pills, and uh, I, maybe this is saying more about me, uh, I yeah, guess huh? things I don't know about myself, and then and then man, have you seen stupid profiles? <laughs> That's right, and and then there's all sorts of just like weird leather shoes and other leather goods that they want to sell you so you can get that like uh, genuine look going on in there and then and then every now and then it's like the random accounting and expensing software and you know being being uh someone who uses a phrase like strategy arbitrage i look at these ads and i think like these companies are crazy like basically they're they're differentiating themselves on filing expenses because you can point your phone at a receipt and take a picture of it and like that's totally a commodity thing nowadays. Like every right. expensing thing does that. So like what what are they even advertising? Like what is this crazy product? Well, that's how I feel about most businesses. <laughs> mm, that's right. <laughs> but I think this is where you gotta have some sympathy. There's a guy at a QBR. He's gotta do stuff, right? He's gotta have stuff for a slide. And you know, the product team is like, hey, you know what's really great is we can scan receipts. And he was like, I don't know, I've seen other people do that. And he's they're like, No, we do it better. It's even better. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need to advertise that. And he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll do some Instagram ads. And everyone's like, good job. Keep it up. That'll definitely work. So My, my all, kids and, love and again, Instagram. It's the circle of life. It's the circle of life. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it just reminds me of like I was sitting on a flight uh, in front of some Cisco salespeople. And they were uh, talking about Cisco's messaging app, which I don't even oh, know boy. the name of it. Uh, Jabber. Didn't they buy kick. Jabber? No, I don't. No, that was like three Cisco messaging apps ago. There's like a couple. Of right, right. <laughs> but they were they were like, you know, oh, we're you know, we're totally killing it against Slack, and you know, because we can tap into our uh, the phones, the Polycom phones, and I was just like, you guys have so missed this. You don't understand anything, right? And you know, now there's not even a hip chat anymore. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, we'll uh, we'll leave. You know what listeners should do? They should write us an iTunes review with five stars, and in that review, they should tell us if Facebook is good or evil. Can are you allowed yeah. to communicate through iTunes reviews? Is that possible? I don't think so. Well, uh, we can read them. We read all of them, so I think that's easy enough. Don't worry, guys. If yeah. you, if you if you write something in there, we'll get back to you on it. Yeah. Eventually, we'll find your country. Yeah, well, now that we know countries, now that we know how to look at the different countries, we can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked through that uh, last week. There actually are a lot of uh, a lot of reviews in there. Well, so there you go. We got that all buttoned up. Facebook, just another company trying to make money off of you. What are you yeah. going to do? Look out for the little guys. Yeah. <laughs> Once we aggregate all of the little guys into billions, then we can finally make money. Just like yes. some sort of structured financing thing. Well, also, there was, there was a, a little bit of uh, Kubernetes news this, this week. Everyone likes some Kubernetes. Word one, yeah. first major security hole, as the headline says, yeah. which makes you wonder what this first minor security hole was. But I'm, I'm going <laughs> I'm to make an, a, a not-too-unexpected confession. I didn't read this story. What was the security hole? 
the the rancher write up had uh, that's linked in the show notes had the most uh, user friendly. Un, yeah, explanation of how it worked. Wow, as someone um, who does not even use Kubernetes, that might be too complicated for me. <laughs> um, so, so the, the the TLDR of this is um, this was a big hole uh, based on how um, you know web connections happen to to uh, your Kubernetes, and people could use that to exploit the hosts running your Kubernetes infrastructure. And uh, I think I, I, I saw somewhere they said, you know, on a scale of, of 1 to 10 of severity, uh, this is a 9.8. So if this is like the Richter scale, I think half the planet just tore in half. Um, but uh, so, so essentially, uh, all the stable releases of Kubernetes were affected. And um, you, you, know, you pretty much need to upgrade your uh, Kubernetes infrastructure uh, if you have this. Um, mm. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're not running, you know, this week's release, you needed to upgrade. Uh, so it, it, it was a big deal. Um, you know, they, they handled it, uh, on their, their private, uh, CVE channels. And, and I think all the, the, you know, big hosted platforms got upgraded and patched, um, by the time, you know, the announcement came out. So it was a big deal, but it was also, you know, well communicated in advance. So, you know. I guess that means it didn't get a name and a logo to go with it. Mm. <laughs> well, it seems like this is just part of the, uh, the, if you will, the maturity of, of Kubernetes. It's like every software, every piece of software goes through this, right? It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. you get adoption, then you got to get more secure. I even, I saw, um, I was kind of reading up on, you know, various uh, identity frameworks. There's this uh, secure production identity framework for everyone, Spiffy, which is sort of like, I guess it's got some Kubernetes kind of stuff and the whole idea about making it uh, easier to, for services to authenticate themselves inside of like, you know, uh, I guess, a, you know, a large application. And so I don't, I don't know. I just look at it like this is what happens. Like when you first you get success and adoption, then you get security and then monitoring. And, you know, this is this is just how it works. Like every, everything follows the same cycle. So I don't know. I yeah. didn't see while it, it was uh, to your point about like it was very serious. I didn't see any like freaking out overreaction it was like okay i see it we should patch that i didn't see a lot of like this is why you should never use kubernetes takes uh <laughs> out there or like or this no. is why containers are bad and we should go back to like some other platform um it was just more like okay we have work to do let's fix this real yeah, fast delivering on the boring theory of uh kubernetes. Yeah. Well, and, and 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 probably the folks running kubernetes in production at this point are probably capable of upgrading <laughs> full stop right um which i mean that's actually a hard line in the ground and the sand for a lot of enterprises right if there was some sort of exploit like this for say vSphere, right how many companies could actually roll out that fix yeah yeah well, i, I mean so it's, the... a, it's a different audience of, of, totally. of, of users 100 percent agree and i think this is like the whole uh you know the whole private cloud hybrid cloud but the whole managed i think that's maybe the keyword here Managed Kubernetes versus rolling your own, right? That is that is probably did jump up and catch some people. It's like, yeah, if you're at one of the major managed providers, like you're probably fine. They probably took care of it pretty quick. If you're doing it yourself, I don't know. That's kind of on you, right? That's you're definitely got to really have some talented people to make sure this stuff can be applied very quickly. 
That's why I said in production. Yeah, in production, <laughs> right? You should you should come do some uh, some pivotal marketing and position branding positioning, Brandon. I think you've got you've got a <laughs> you've got one of the bullet points down right there. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, you know, the whole thing and yeah, I, you know, Cloud Foundry's made that point a long time. Our our you know other friends that have the the various platforms, they would make that case too. So uh, yeah, I mean, so eventually Kubernetes will get there. It's it's it is not there to to Matt's point. You know, production. Those in production need to be extra careful. So, so yeah. then, uh, highly related. Uh, I, someone pointed out that uh, also Google in their uh, what what is GK Google Container what Engine uh, or, or whatnot, like that they've. Uh, I, I think it's is it is it only an alpha or fully released or something? But they uh, you can now just add Istio by clicking on a button, or or maybe it's a radio button. I don't know. Is a radio button a button, or is that sort of like a hole that you put a check mark in? <laughs> Very unclear. Oh. I mean, I guess it says radio. It's, it says button right there in the title, radio button. But I don't feel like that's a button. Like a button. Yeah. Should, should well, they go made a big uh, a point in the article. I think it was a checkbox. You just check one yeah. thing. I mean, mm. They had made a good phrase, but yeah, uh, as we've talked about on this, checking the enable Istio. Okay, box. so yeah. it's not a button. You're checking the box. It's a checkbox. <laughs> good. Yeah, it's an good. option. Um, and I, it does seem like this. It seemed inevitable, but this is. I, I think I know. I've said this a million times. Podcast. This is like what Kubernetes is technically, and then what people want it to be. And I think this is just sort of moving that. It's like. The fact that even the way it was kind of portrayed, it's like, yeah, I mean, Istio is, to most people, I think it's just going to be a a feature inside of Kubernetes, right? That you're just, at some point, you're just going to assume it's there, right? It's just like, yeah, this is how, you know, the mesh networking kind of works. And I think some of the other projects that are around, it's just going to be called Kubernetes. And these things will just, you know, slowly show up to make them more secure or increase performance. So, which I think it's a good thing. I don't see any problem with it, but I know if we were at like a Kubernetes uh, open source, uh, I don't know, technical discussion, I'm sure they'd be like, no, 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 this is completely decoupled from this. And it's like, well, okay, I don't think that matters, but whatever. Yeah. Eh. No, it, it, it like, so do, so do we have a sense of like, so, you know, and, and, and just to repeat my, my common, like uh, nonsense thing, right? Like, Every time some new fantastic thing in Kubernetes comes out, it makes me realize how little Kubernetes did before that, that I was wrong about. <laughs> and so, and so like following that, uh, my, my cynical rule of thumb there, what do we have a sense of like what the next thing is going to be where I'm going to be like, Oh, I didn't realize that it didn't do that already. You I know, mean, you know, someone's, someone's probably got a wordly map of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know what, if you look at that map, you can probably see where the startups are, right? I see. And, and and they'll be like, oh, up here, this is our opportunity to innovate. And there'll be, you know, five dozen, I don't know, workflow or, you know, uh, I, see, I don't have my map in front of me, so I don't yeah. know where where they're going. <laughs> This, 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 well, there was this is like something. this is like one of those when uh, one of those things where like the answer to every Wardley map is to make a platform out of photo sharing or or a platform that's as right. a service basically. No matter that's always what's there. Just one column over, platform as service. Sell that. Yep. Just just like don't be owned. Just don't be owned yeah. by Canon when you do that, or you're going to be two uh, two years yeah. too uh, early. Not going to work <laughs> out. Don't be owned by but, Canon. To your uh, original question, I, I actually I thought Matt would be the perfect person to educate us on this. Is that well, not directly related to Kubernetes? I guess Microsoft and Docker uh, yeah, teamed yeah. up and they made this announcement. Let me try to say it here. It's uh, basically, yeah, I don't know. Basically, it means it's a, a way to uh, cloud making the packaging and running of cloud native applications easier. Which 
I thought, man, I thought that was like, I thought, I was like, don't, don't our friends at Chef already do this? But then I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, is this, is it, because back to your point about like, everyone already assumed this is happening, but I don't know, Matt, is, is it not happening? What, what do we need to know about this? Uh, so, so the, uh, cloud native application bundle, um, they they released a specification. Do you get do you get the and... uh, do you get the NFL sports package with that? What are we, what are we looking at here? <laughs> well, HBO you know, thrown you, in. You, you've got your uh, your. your uh, uh, I'm sorry. They're, 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 they're just they're just gonna they're gonna put stars in there, and you're like, what's this trash? I've already seen American Gods. I, I don't I don't need another show about plastic surgeons who murder people. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> That's um, my big pitch. um but but yeah it's 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 a uh uh it is a format for packaging and running distributed applications um i think my reading of it is probably some of the folks involved in helm uh were like you know what this doesn't have to be kubernetes only you know let's talk about how applications could be packaged for other platforms and they handle you know how they would be provisioned and their life cycle and you're like don't a lot of other tools do that? And the answer mm. is yes. You know, um, I, I, again, my reading of it is uh, Google's got something similar uh, for GKE. Um, I don't remember the exact name. You know, it, it's essentially like, you know, uh, Kubernetes build packs. And this is right. Microsoft and Docker kind of coming out with their alternative now 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 you've only got three components going here in any given situation. You got it. You got a zip file. I mean, there's, are yep. there still tar files, or have we just? Oh gotten, yeah, yeah oh. Tar, tar, tar is good stuff. Whatever. You got a, you got a tar file, zip file, whatever you want. You could turn one, fi- a bunch of files into one file, and maybe yep. compress it. So you got a zip file. Then you're gonna have, uh, you're gonna have a directory structure. So you got that. <laughs> yep. And then you're gonna have a YAML file. And basically, uh, I, I, uh, I had a little parent-teacher meeting today, and uh, I was trying to remember how you do permutations and computation com- combinations. I don't even know how to pronounce them anymore. Uh, and, and like, I mean, so you got those three things. Like, have we run through the combinations of doing them? I guess infinite possibilities in a directory structure. But I feel like basically those are the three things. You can you make a, you make yourself an ear file, a war file, an RPM, whatever yep. you want. Basically, we got a zip yeah. file, directory structure, and a YAML file. Yeah. So, so this is, uh, they, they built themselves some ears. Do you think it, is, do you think it supports emojis? <laughs> <laughs> Undoubtedly, and there's probably some Unicode support in there, so they can you know name your file happy face smiley emoji. Well, but wait, um, I want to do like, hey Matt, we should do a little chef uh, a chef ad ad here or just explanation. Like, yeah, I, I was because I, I, I was thinking like, well, this is because Habitat is what came to mind. I'm like, yeah, wait a minute, isn't this what happened? So tell me, is this not what like Habitat will let uh, you do this in different formats, or am I wrong? Yeah. Am I just like so so go. so Habitat is different because um, Habitat packages your application and then exports it to the format of your choice. So CNAP will be a format of your choice. Got it. Right. And, and, and so, and right now this is a specification, not a lot of uh, there, there's references to duffel, uh, a reference implementation it doesn't sound like it's done. It sounds like the, you know, this is more like, Hey, here's a spec and come 2019. And again, I haven't uh, dug deep inside it, but I've, I've, you know, been reading the Twitters and other, and a couple of write-ups of it. And 
it's not baked yet, right? This isn't right. like, oh, it works today. And so um, what Habitat does is uh, it provides, you know, this is how your application is built. Um, and it builds it in a clean room environment and gives you your know, fully reproducible builds every single time. Um, pops out an artifact that can be exported to Docker, to Helm, to CNAB, to Mesos, to Tar, to Cloud Foundry. So we don't really care about the final format. Um, and then once it's in those platforms, uh, it's going to be a well-behaved application with consistent management of it. And you know, if you're not on Kubernetes, it'll give you some service discovery. Mm. Uh, it'll do leader election, all all that fun stuff that you know you assume you get for free from the platform, but you don't always get for free from the platform. So so CNAB will be a target of Habitat. And then the other the kicker for Habitat is, of course, there's a build platform for it that'll just keep you know, you hook up to your source control and it produces build artifacts automatically every time developers commit code and right. pushes them got out it. to all those platforms. Yeah. So, yeah. so you got, you got, yeah, you got, cool. you got your code and then you got yep. the, uh, you got the habitat that models what the code looks like. And then habitat will spit out whatever final destination of the model of what you want your code to look like. And then that code gets deployed to uh to your kubernetes or something else Correct. and it actually yeah. runs there and so you yeah. just you just got uh you got you got like uh immutable generation of immutable infrastructure models yeah. running around everywhere Oof. yeah it's it's and and well, then that... and then you take that and you layer that into a container running on top of a vm running on top of a vm of a container <laughs> down to bare metal and, and yeah, and yeah. You're, you're just like, why is enterprise software so expensive? <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 what's the the little wrinkle in there is Habitat produces an artifact that can then go to multiple platforms. So you could say like, I'm going to run this on some Linux VMs, some Kubernetes, some Mesosphere, and some Cloud Foundry, the same package. Yeah, yeah. All right, and that that's that's a little bit of a distinction from some of these tools and, and Docker files. Like, you know, you could target multiple platforms with the same build. Um, it's like, it's like you can outsmart lock-in lock-in can still exist, <laughs> but, but you can be smarter than it. Just move all around. doesn't matter. Yeah. So, and, and, so Matt, and the other does, kicker, uh, it also does windows. Oh, nice. So does chef have like some kind of like beautiful infographic? Like what is, cause it'd be interesting to know, like what is the most popular, I guess, artifact target? And you know, out of I guess Habitat would be interesting to know, like, because this would answer the question, like, what are people really doing? Like, is there actually are they doing any of this new stuff? Or are they just doing the standard old boring ones? Be I don't know. Be interesting to know that. Uh, the the uh, well, we put out some white papers. All right. Well, that's, you know, I'm always <laughs> up for a good white paper. Yes. Yeah, we we've seen a lot of OpenShift, but the the killer white papers are the ones that talk about migrating old oh. old when. Locations. Yeah. That's that. You know, we, we. I should maybe save this for our uh, our, our 2019 wacky prediction episodes if we mm. do that. But I've been formulating in my head that uh, basically the next one to five years of everything we focus on is just about modernizing applications and just migrating yep. them. Like, and maybe like these brand new flashy greenfield things are at best like ten or fifteen percent of the overall stuff. So like. If if you're a vendor or you're trying to make money off of IT people, just like modernize the shit out of things, you'll be set. Yeah, that's that's we 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 want your VMware spend. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, this seems well. to be I, like I, picking I, up. I, yeah. There, that's on some, sure. Uh, on some AWS news last week, right? It was like, as the more you, when you say that, I just keep thinking of like, everybody knows that VMware knows that. And whether they do, they have just, you know, to their, to their, I don't know, for either good or bad strategy, they have tied themselves to AWS forever. Like, no, 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 don't go, don't go, don't worry. You can still use us in AWS, the private cloud in AWS. So, um, so it's clear that VMware is is trying to head that off as possible. But yeah, it yeah. does seem like half the stuff that you really see is like someone taking a VM and making it a container, right? That seems well, like yeah, good. Yeah, business. and then and then also to that point, uh, or 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 conjoining to that or something like you know, at the bottom of the Istio thing was some mention of I guess you can run it on their GKE on premise or something. And so I, I I didn't remember that episode where we talked about that because I think we did, but I was looking that up and then and then so it's basically I I've noticed this trend that all these people have uh, I think we talked about this last week all these people all these people public cloud folks will come up with a uh, a, a private cloud and you're like oh look it's VMware and it, and it seems like if you do a, a private cloud thing it's basically VMware underneath it at least in the first version. And then maybe there's no second version. But yeah, that, and I think that's the uh, conjoined, right? Where it's like VMware probably feels like they need to do that to stay relevant. The All the cloud vendors know that's where the spend is. So it's like, okay, let's do this deal. But like you go one level deeper, it's like the VMware guys are like, how do we maintain this? And the other guys are like, hey, we just want to get them off VMware, right? So it's it's a weird, you know, it's just a weird place to be in, right? Like, yeah. uh, And of course, when I say this kind of stuff, it's like VMware is not going anywhere. I mean, it will always be around. It's just like, it's growth, right? It's like, what is the preferred platform going forward? I mean, there's going to be VMware forever, right? I mean, so yeah. I hate when people well, say like, it's over. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, you know, how does the phrasing go? Like, like, whoa, you know, far be it from me to cite something from, from Hacker News. But uh, <laughs> I, I was I was reading one little thread and uh, kind of going going way back four months to the Istio thing. I've kind of lost it now. I'll have to find it. But it was a good like uh, people were kind of like reacting to like, oh, what's this GKA thing? And then finally, I think it got to the nut of what what everyone was was asking about. They're like, oh, wait, there's VMware underneath. Where where's like my bare metal thing from you that just does everything? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Amazon's like you will buy it from us. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I feel like there was another one that just sort of listed like, well, this is you know this is all fine and good, but then like who's going to handle? And there was like a list of fifteen things like DNS and load balancing and storage and and all the replies were like, oh yeah, storage is really uh, really hard. That's kind of an issue. And so it kind of gets to the the point of. Uh, yeah, of course you would like bare metal stuff that's for free that works perfectly. So get in line, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, and, and, and then, and then the reply from, from the, uh, the Kubernetes people, as it doesn't really matter what word you put in there, any sort of abstraction layer. I, I you know, I remember back when, when we were young, wet behind the ears people, or at least me, the same answer would come about where it would be like, oh, right, right. You don't understand. This is just a thin layer of abstraction on top of a whole bunch of other things. Like, all these other things need to exist. So, I mean, that's sort of like this weird uh, uh, problem that keeps going on is like, I think, I think, and by we, I mean everyone in a kind of naive way. We just keep assuming that like, 
we're going to get this DVD of like cloud awesomeness that we install on a totally a bare metal server and everything's fine <laughs> that, <laughs> that we bought like three years ago. And you know, yeah, yeah. And, you know. and then, and then when it turns out that like when, when, uh, if you're, unless, you know, even if you're running on a public cloud, when it turns out you got to set up all this shit, you're just like, Oh, well, why doesn't it do that? Which, which yeah. uh, you just get this annoyance, which is too bad. Someone, someone should, uh, I don't know, maybe for my situation, someone should keep not solving that problem. That would be great. But, but we'll, we'll see how that, uh, that works out for people. Uh, oh, just as a minor related note. So does Microsoft not do Internet Explorer anymore? Is that <laughs> Edge browser? Yeah. You didn't upgrade to yeah. Edge. What happened? Go tell. Uh, someone put in a, a link here that uh, they were going to use Chrome, a Chromium powered web browser. Which one begs right. the question: Why not just use Chrome? But whatever. Uh, but that they were ending their Edge browser, and so I was reading that, and I was thinking, like, does that mean Internet Explorer is not around anymore? Which I guess, right. I guess it's not, right? No, no. So, hmm. so Microsoft, uh, they you know end of life ie and replaced it with uh edge and if you read that article it sounds that the article we linked to said that they're switching over to chromium there's a lot of weasel words in there like it wasn't completely confirmed Mm. so i'm not sure it's a done deal but it sounds pretty close that um edge has not taken off the way they thought it would and they're kind of like you know what we're putting a lot of effort into this and why yeah right like yeah, that's so, a, the, we, the, someone needs to uh, maybe our Datadog friends or other sponsors. They can sponsor a uh, a new edition of uh, Stephen O'Grady's Kingmaker's book. I think it was maybe New Relic <laughs> sponsored the first one, and he needs to add a good thirty pages on of like like web browsers. What the fuck kind of business is that, right? Like, because right. early on when you would actually charge for them, and then Netscape was trying to build up its valuation and. I never quite bought into this whole notion that like Netscape was like dislodging Microsoft from things. Like, I guess I kind of. I mean, I get. I guess the iPhone came well, along and proved that that web, strategy. No, it was the web was dislodging. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I guess that's true. <laughs> and and then the only, the only web, the only web thing available was Mosaic, which no one's going to use, and then Netscape, right? And I don't know, maybe Opera was around back then. So so the Netscape and the web become synonymous, and then that's going to replace Microsoft. So, okay, sure, that makes sense. Anyhow, uh, however many years later, there's still, like, a lot of spin for, like, Chrome and these other things, and, like, I, I, I don't know. It, it is weird, but uh, uh, we, we'll, we'll figure that out. Well, Randon, do we have any listener feedback for this epi- uh, this week? We do. We have uh, a couple things. One, uh, appreciate everyone writing reviews. We got a, a bunch this week as well. So uh, definitely keep up all the work uh, in uh, iTunes rating the podcast. We really appreciate that. And uh, one of our friends, good friends, Johnny from the UK, replaced uh, his laptop sticker. So I like the fact that we've had been giving out stickers so long that multiple co- uh, people have reached out because they're on good upgrade great plan so they've got new laptops they need uh need new stickers you know johnny wanted two so of course i sent him four because that's how we roll here at software defined talk you always get more than you ask for or at least we hope so uh <laughs> so please keep it up keep uh asking for stickers and of course if you don't have a sticker and you want one just email us at stickers at software really all i need is your postal address and uh we can send them pretty much around the world so uh make sure you do that yeah 
Pl- plenty of postage to be spending. Well, uh, next week, I'm finally going to Toronto for the last spring tour, spring one tour platform. I've done, let, me, let me click on it to make sure I get the name right. Let's see. This is the exciting part where I click on things. But spring, are you headlining? Spring Coach one Jay, tour. In are you hosting, headlining, paneling? What are you doing? There? I'm I'm what I'm what know. they what they call MCing, which is Michael yeah. Cote. No, I'm I'm hey. hosting it. I'll do a little introduction in the beginning oh. where I'm like, here's who Pivotal is, what we do, and then I just introduce other people. I, I try to come up with something to say about them, and then I think we're actually at this one. Let me verify this. I think we're having open spaces, uh, oh. which okay. which is a thing, and I think I think what I'm gonna do there. Do we have? Oh no, no open spaces. Oh no, we do have we, open spaces. Well, what what do we get? Do we get T-shirts for going? Do we get like a pivotal bag? Do we just get? Mm, I don't. The, it, the, it, the pleasant it, uh, uh, of your company. It like, varies. I think getting? you at least get a free lunch. I think we got right. that going, and uh, it varies. Well, but, I gotta say, like, I want more than that. If I'm going outside in Toronto, is this in Toronto? Yes. In uh, December, yeah. I want a free shirt. I want at least a free shirt. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. At some of Hopefully them, it happens. At at uh, I think at the Korea one, everyone got a free white hoodie that you might have heard talked about earlier. So that was good. Nice. So nice. It, it just depends. You got to show up. And uh, I'm we're, I'm gonna I think in the open spaces, I'm gonna try a new theory where. Me and me and uh, someone else on my team, Yakub, are gonna do uh, some event storming to see if that's a fun a fun session to do a little little simulation there. And it, hey, if you're interested in domain driven design and event storming, this week me and Yakub had a, uh, a discussion about just that topic over at the Pivotal Conversations podcast. You just go to SoundCloud.com/slash Pivotal Conversations, and there's uh, there's minimal hustling in there, just a bunch of triple mm-hmm. D if that's what the kids call it. So also, uh, there's a whole bunch of dates for the uh, the Spring One Tours next year. You can just look those up and find them. All sorts of cities we're going to. And as always, uh, you know, we got a, we've, as, each, as each week, we have more and more discussion in the Slack channel. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack, thanks to NoSSHJJ, you can sign up automatically instead of us having to approve everything. You can jump there and into the Slack channel. It's a good time. Now, Brandon... Are you able to retire on your quick con call iPhone app sales yet? Not, not quite retiring. So, uh, just maybe some keep, financial keep planning. Coming. Are you doing Straight. some projections? Side hustle, side yeah. hustle income. You, you know, get a, put a little stuff. in the Spartan 500. Is that what you're targeting? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> At this rate, so, uh, yeah, check it out. You know, a bunch of a bunch of people have uh, bought it, which I really appreciate, and they send me suggestions. So do it. Try mm-hmm. it out. Tell me what I did wrong. You know. Critique my design and coding skills. I will welcome it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Matt had to run, so I'm going to give his his recommendation. He says, my favorite episode of 99% Invisible, Devolutionary Design. Now, he forgot to put a period in at the end, but that's okay. I can put that in. Uh, so that sounds like it would be a great episode. I heartily recommend that episode if you're interested in uh, in, in design that is devolutionary. It sounds good. Love, love that Mars guy. How about yourself, Brandon? What do you recommend this week? So I had a couple of recommendations. So uh, I went out with the family, or actually my son, and we saw Ralph Breaks the Internet, uh, which was fantastic. I loved it. It's uh, a great, very well done. I have not seen uh, Wreck-It Ralph, so I was, I was not familiar with the, the, uh, the backstory, but evidently I asked my son. He's like, don't worry, Dad. You'll, you'll catch up. So it was uh, – <laughs> 
it was good. And it was like a, what I would call it's like a, a ready player one for kids. And in some ways it's better done, right? Sort of like, you know, they, how the, how uh, the internet is portrayed and the social implications and uh, it's, it's just really well done. So if you have, my son is eight, I think it's probably good for that, you know, five, five-year-olds and above. Uh, if you're looking for something to do, I highly re- I recommend Ralph Breaks the Internet. And then, of course, I liked it so much that we uh, I watched Wreck-It Ralph, which is also good. So I, you know, I'm like about three years late on that one. So mm. good family stuff. And then also on, because it's, uh, you know, it's that time of year. Maybe you're trying to buy uh, some presents. So I, I think I already recommended the board game Ticket to Ride, which I think is fantastic. But then I always like, you know, confirmation bias. I'm always seeking that. Slate, our good friends at Slate, they wrote a whole article about why Ticket to Ride is a great game. So if you didn't believe me or you wanted someone to like sit down and uh, good uh, write a, a really nice article about why it's so great, you can read that and they can tell you why Ticket to Ride is so good. So there's a couple of things to either do on your Christmas break or buy a present for some child that needs needs some board games. Yeah, I've seen pictures of y'all playing that. Looks like looks like it's uh, it's fun. And you know, I think the uh, the Wreck It Ralph thing. That's like a, the the first movie I've seen in many years that was like a surprise, uh, a good kids movie. Where like I I ha- I had seen all the promotional stuff and just assumed it was a piece of garbage, like uh, most kids movies. But yeah, that's a that's a good movie. So uh, I, I bet this is it out. Oh, it's only out in theaters, right? Not, not a, yeah, it's on theaters now. I'm sure, sure, it's on a, its way to DVD and streaming very soon. But yeah, it's. Uh, I agree. I think maybe, maybe it's the the dad factor. Is like you're just so conditioned to walk into these movies, like the emoji movie, whatever. They're just awful, right? I mean, it's like hard to even like to make. You almost have to put a podcast in to just get to the end, right? And uh, when you run into something that's like really well done, is like, oh my god, this is such a welcome surprise. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. Amazing. Well, you know, before I get to my recommendations, I want to suggest what hopefully will become the annual Tell Us What to Buy for Our Families Software Defined Talk uh, program. And that is, I don't, I don't know about uh, everyone else, but I always find it difficult to find figure out gifts to buy for people, right? Like, and, and, and uh, just to, uh, I don't know, I want to know. So if you, the listeners, have any idea of gifts that you would buy for family members, you should just send those in. Give us some ideas, and we'll we'll uh, we'll read them back, like we're, we're like we're doing the farm news on the old radio, do misconnections and gift ideas. That's that's what I'm looking for. Maybe nothing will come of that. Anyways, my recommendation. Speaking of, is uh, you go over here in in uh, the Netherlands before Santa Claus like uh, delivers all the other stuff at the end of um, whatever month this is, December. You got the Santa Claus. And I forget if I've gone over the details of this, but apparently uh, he spends most of his time, like lots of people who are snowbirds, wintering in Spain, uh, or not wintering, summering in Spain. And then he comes up for, I think, the first week of December with his little uh, problematic friends, the the Black Peets. And, uh, and then at the end of this, they give out gifts. Well, that was last night, so there's no more Santa Claus. Now it's going to, uh, he's going to put on a bunch of weight and become Santa Claus. But uh, that came and gone, and then and then uh, related to that, I Kim f- got me a uh, a new Apple Watch, the Apple Watch Four. Sadly, in the Netherlands, there is no it- LTE support, so I don't have that. But so far, I just turned this on earlier tonight. Man, it's got a nice big screen. I like it. You should get one of those. And uh, also, since it's near Christmas, uh, I wanted to recommend one of the better Christmas videos ever. It's a music video for uh, the Run the Jewels uh, Christmas Fucking Miracle, I believe is the name of the track. 
And uh, it's it's hilarious visually. You can turn the mute off if you don't like, uh, you know, the rap. And uh, it's just got a bunch of funny stuff going in it. So you should check that out. Put you in the Christmas spirit in all the wrong ways. So as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 158. Also, just go to softwaredefinedtalk.com for all the other stuff that we have in these show notes and items we didn't cover. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye.